Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the gripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. 
on The Fringe FM. Monday through Friday, thefringe.fm is the network website. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. And if you'd like to contact us, the email is rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Or social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. My personal Facebook account, Ryan Gable, R Y A N G A B L E, Ryan Gable, or the secret teachings on Facebook. Last night I posted before the show a question to listeners about show topics and had about 18 people or 20 people, something like that, commented and gave us some ideas for some upcoming shows. Last night we talked about Deep Space 19, Mind Trek, about a theoretical alien invasion using sophisticated means of assault and attack, things that really go beyond even theoretical comprehension. And I had a lot of people make comments wanting us to talk about everything from missing people to a couple people mentioned Phil Schneider or the Phil Schneider conspiracy. And uh, someone else mentioned a biography. I was thinking about that and I... I don't know if I could do a biography show on myself. I mean, we do an anniversary show, but I don't know if I could do a biography show. So I thought, in theme with last night's broadcast, seeing as tonight is space-themed in a way, but it's also dealing with the mind and our perception of reality and time, that I could provide you with a brief biography very quickly on myself and how I became interested in conducting the kind of research that I do for this radio broadcast. It's very short, so if you think a biography is uninteresting, don't turn the channel yet. It basically goes like this. I went to film school, and when I was in film school, I made a friend with someone who introduced me to a gentleman who had a radio show. And I didn't really know anything about anything, including film, uh, writing, which is what I wanted to go to film school to get into, television writing and production. And at the time, I'm fresh out of high school. I'm 18, 19, about 19 years old, 18, 19. And I wanted to learn things. But like a lot of you in school, I just I couldn't stand reading what I was told or what was suggested to us to read. I got like straight D's except for history class. But I did I did like science. And I liked physics in particular, and physics made sense to me. Now, the, the mathematical aspects of physics don't make any sense to me. Simplistic math makes no sense to me. I don't understand even basic algebra, algebra but the, at least the concepts of like theoretical physics, not only does it make sense, but it's, it's really fascinating. And I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way. If you grow up listening to Art Bell or Coast to Coast, you listen to stuff relating to paranormal experiences or multiple dimensions, you know, the multiverse different levels of reality, 
things like that. So it's fascinating, and at least the, the concept of it, the theoretical concept of it, is something that whether you were a terrible student in school like me or you were a straight-A valedictorian, unlike me, you can probably appreciate the concept of it. So much of theoretical science is exactly what the name implies. It's theoretical. And a lot of scientists, physicists, even the big-name ones, even the celebrity ones, will often acknowledge that it's theoretical. They don't really know. It's really difficult, if not almost impossible, to prove that there are other dimensions, that there are... I mean, they can run mathematical calculations, they can run computer models, but it's not something that you can necessarily prove in solidity, because if you're talking about other dimensions, we can only determine their existence and their nature by how they interact with ours. But if we wanted to see them and perceive them with our five senses, if you will... I, I guess, maybe I'm wrong, but I guess we would have to interact with them in a more direct way, which would take us out of this reality, take us out of this dimension. Now, I think, on a side note, some of the, some of the imagination and the theorizing of multiple dimensions has led to a New Age community that talks about 4D, 5D, 6D, 7D, 8, all, all the different Ds and the various beings that exist in, in those dimensions. And they know that how. Ask them how they know that, and they tell you they either channeled it, or they know someone who channeled it, or they read it in a book by someone who channeled it. That idea, sure, maybe it's credible, but it's, it's, it's just theoretical. It's not something that can be proven, so it becomes at least for the New Age community, it's more than theory. It becomes faith and a dogma. In fact, it's kind of ironic in a way that the New Age community, those people interested in the paranormal and multiple dimensions and all that stuff, they tend to believe in their dogma more strictly than even theoretical physicists believe in their, their dogma, which is kind of parallel and contrast to the, to the parallel of, of, of like, you know, the New Age alternative thinking communities, which are normally like anti-establishment, but they, they have their own dogma. And, and it seems like at least some of the theoretical physicists, people I've either talked to or I've listened to talk, they seem to be, with, with the exception of the celebrities like Michio Kaku and Neil deGrasse Tyson, they, they tend to be much more open-minded to things because they're seeing in their experiments that reality isn't necessarily what we think reality is. And of course, that is the basis for things like video games and movies and TV shows, and it makes for a really good story. And it's intriguing, I think, and it, and it speaks to us on a, on a subconscious level and a deep conscious level because a lot of us realize at a core level that it's, it's probably you know true. There are other dimensions, there are other versions of ourselves, and, you know, it gets into paradoxes and it can get kind of confusing. Maybe it's not something that we can understand with our three-dimensional brains that allow us to process information in this reality. So anyway, I, I go to film school and I feel lucky that I am not one of the people who became an eternal student 
and you know started worshiping my professors uh, you know there's a certain group of people that do that they stay in school most of their life they they like honor they worship the professors usually like really liberal professors they worship the professors and they always like to use science terms you know those kinds of people they like to mention like various elements on the periodic table they like to pronounce them in a in an elegant way they like to mention certain kinds of theoretical concepts they they like to talk about physics and planets and the sun and all this stuff i i mean i don't i don't know if all of you kind of get where i'm coming from there but y- you you might have met or you know people that are like that and they get really annoying too because they have a belief in the authority of theory not in the authority of 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 demonstrable or provable fact not not in all cases but in a lot in a lot of the cases in terms of you know theoretical application of uh of concepts of ideas that always kind of got annoying to me and i'm lucky because i would have probably been one of those people because i was interested out of high school and i loved history but I started reading science fiction, but science fiction, I couldn't really read science fiction that well, so I started reading, like, science nonfiction. I mean, I picked up books from everybody from, you know, Stephen Hawking to Brian Greene to Michio Kaku. I met Michio Kaku at a college in Orlando. But, I mean, I picked up, you know, all the mainline guys, a lot of alternative stuff, um, the holographic universe. I actually still have an I have an old copy of that now. Uh, that's a re- that's a really good book though to read. The holographic universe, and and so I I started reading all this stuff, and I and and I can honestly say that I felt you know smart. <laughs> I thought, oh, I'm really intelligent. I I know about theoretical physics. I'm I'm really uh, you know more advanced than these other these other little ants and peons in my class. I I thought that when I was 19 years old. 8, 18, 19 years old. But but that only lasted like a couple of months. And I, I quickly realized like my interest really isn't and wasn't in, you know, physics per se or being smarter than other people. It was really in just learning. So I'd go to the store and uh, like a bookstore and I would just start looking at books and I would start, bu- I started buying a bunch of books. I, I bought um, The Secret Teachings of All Ages because it looked interesting. It took me like two years to even finish that book. I think I've read it twice since then, maybe three times since then. I've read it a couple times. And, um, you know, I picked up other books. I picked up a book on Atlantis. That was the first book I ever picked up in a bookstore when I was an adult. And it turns out that was the, the lady that wrote that. Shirley Andrews was the first woman I ever interviewed on radio long, 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 long time ago. And... I started to develop a a different interest. It it wasn't in, you know, one subject. It was in learning and just learning in general. And that meant listening to what mainstream science and history said and to get a structure and then listening to what those in the so-called alternatives say and not really committing or marrying either one. So that's kind of a background on me and it led me to where I am today, where I have, you know, I have no formal background training in anything. <laughs> Even in history, I was just I was just good at history. All I do 
is I find information and then I create, I formulate a, a show that hopefully is entertaining and informative. And I've always said that if I would have went to broadcasting school, I'd probably probably be doing something else with my life. I wouldn't be in radio because schooling to me just didn't work. What I went to school for, for did not work out. I didn't want to go to college. And uh, I imagine that if I did, I, I probably would not be the same person I am today in any way, shape, or form. That might sound like an obvious statement to make, but I, I doubt that I would be interested in what I'm interested in. I doubt I'd be able to sit here and have conversations five nights a week. Because, I mean, when I first started out radio, I had absolutely no clue what I was doing. And, and, and when my friend who was doing radio, he was hosting, I was co-hosting at the time, I barely said anything or, you know, I probably sounded really stupid. There's a lot of the old shows in the really old archive on the website you can listen to, but it's it's kind of embarrassing for me. Um, but I but when he passed away, I took over the show, and I'm like, what am I going to talk about for two hours Sunday morning? I got to get up at like 4 a.m. Some mornings I didn't even sleep. I stayed up all Saturday night into Sunday. And so I just started reading anything and everything, and I would talk about it. And I always felt it was weird when people would say, well, that's not true. You're talking about the pyramid. I mean, people used to call him. This guy used to call him to the show, and he was like, that's not true what you said about the pyramids. And I said, well, what's not true? He said that, 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 you know, you said that the pyramids probably weren't built by the by the Egyptians. And, you know, I'm, I, he said, I'm a professor, and I, you're wrong. And I said, well, what proof do you have that I'm wrong? And see, to him, I was defending what I said. But I really wasn't defending it because I don't know. And yet this guy, this professor would always call in and tell me I'm wrong because he has a, he has a PhD. He's a professor. And this is a lot of experiences like that that just kind of turn me off to, to everything. And I just kind of, I kind of just secluded myself in, in my mind. And I thought, you know, I don't want to prove something. I mean, I'll dis- try to disprove things, but I don't really want to prove something. I just want to find things that are interesting to talk about and then and then do shows on them. So I was thinking after last night's show and, and all day today that, that we all experience reality and time differently. You know, our event horizon is just outside of our conscious perception. Some of us experience time really, really slowly, while others experience it more quickly. And some of us and others experience time reverse. We experience time quickly and we experience time slowly. We've all experienced where time passes slower or quicker. Some experience time more mildly. You know, if you put your cell phone away and you don't look at the clock, time doesn't seem to exist at all. And, and I can tell you from experience, a lot of anxiety kind of melts away when you don't look at the clock and you don't pay attention you know, to what time it is or you don't look at your phone especially. Time is relative in the sense that it passes differently for different people at different points. And then you factor in the law of relativity. And although this is something that it's, it's unnoticed, uh, those people that might live in a, you know, a two-story house, a three, four, five, six-story building, or a big, tall skyscraper, those people that are closer to the ground experience time slower. You know, it's indiscernible, but... Uh, they experience time slower than the people that live on the second, third, fourth, fifth floor, and so on and so forth. 
In other words, time really doesn't exist except for how we determine and break break it down. But there is a form of time, you know, something is passing. We perceive things as passing. And, and we try to put it into understanding with categorization and and patterns, you know, the revolving of the planet, the rising and the setting of the sun, darkness and light. Time is ultimately a construct, especially with our structuring of civilization, businesses, meals, event times, all this stuff. But time is not strictly relative. It's it's nonlinear. That, I mean, that means that past events can cause reactions or they can be caused by future events or what they call retrocausality as opposed to past events affecting future events which also can 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 theoretically you know you look at it both ways but both things are are occurring simultaneously the past affects the future the present affects the future the future affects the present the future affects the past the future and the past influence the present the present influences the future which can affect the past, retrocausality. It's a never-ending Mobius strip, and the concept that you know of, of, of this—it's a concept that creates paradoxes in thought. And and we've talked about here on this show for years the significance of major world events in, in not only shaping the future in our linear timeline, but of shaping the actual fabric of time. From the assassination of Julius Caesar, for example, what we now know and what we call the Ides of March to the significance of, of the date of Halloween in the thinning of the physical and spiritual veils. It's easy to predict major events occurring over and over again during certain times of the year like Beltane or May Day, which is coming up this week, because of past events that have impressed upon time energetic memories, kind of like genetic memories. It's kind of like autocorrect on your phone, basing its behavior off of your previous texts or the previous content that you've typed. It's an algorithm. This is why predictions can be made based on patterns and observations of nature, and you don't need a crystal ball. You don't need to practice crystallomancy, and you don't need a supercomputer. The concept of as uh, as above, so below continues to be confirmed through all of man's scientific advances decade after decade after decade. Ancient man did not need a crystal ball. Ancient man did not need a supercomputer. But ancient man also shouldn't be romanticized in the same way that we romanticize like Native Americans or we romanticize certain periods of history as being, you know, or even future events as being, you know, a a utopia because current man, modern man, can observe the same things that ancient man observed except modern man observing the same kinds of things ancient man observed unless modern man is a philosopher or accredited scientist, usually modern man's perception of reality is, is laughed at and mocked because you're not a professional. That's how we determine, you know, reality today based on categorization, just like time. Some see theoretical concepts as scientific endeavors, things to be conquered things to be understood through material, mathematical formula and experiment, while for some, philosophy is the primary consideration. In fact, 20th, 21st century scientific observation is beginning 
and continuing to confirm what philosophers have said for centuries. But there's a problem with other forms of scientific approach. I mean, philosophy is a scientific approach. It's observation, an attempt to understand. But there's a problem with with direct scientific approach. It seems that the more we peer into the nature of time and reality, the observations thereof, you know, our perceptions, the more that it breaks down and becomes kind of grainy. It becomes less than physical reality. It's like playing with the code for a video game or software. Things become glitchy when you try to go outside of the map, when you try to do things that the program doesn't understand. Physical observations of nature, especially particle and theoretical physics, is, is odd, and it's intriguing, and it's disturbing, and it's equally just theoretical. Some, some suggest that the experience known as deja vu, for example, is a glitch, they say a glitch in the matrix, it's a glitch in the mind, it's a distortion of memory and present experience. Others suggest that deja vu is more like a glitch in reality, a glitch in time. Maybe it's a frequency of another dimension crossing over into our dimension. Another dimension where another version of ourself exists, doing the same thing we are, but with slight variations, maybe only you know one of the most minute differences, and this goes on ad infinium. It's somewhat like a video game. You know, there's a coding issue, there's a glitch, especially when you get too close to something. Maybe you glitch in and out of a wall or a rock, or you walk through what looks like a solid object. Maybe for a brief moment, something appears and something then disappears, which for paranormal investigators might explain A-ports and D-ports. Perhaps the theory of other dimensions could explain most paranormal experiences, or at least a lot of them. Perhaps our reality is a computer simulation, which is a very popular theory. But the nature of reality and, and time and parallel worlds and dimensions and how that plays into the alien question, the alien equation, all things that we're going to investigate tonight on The Secret Teachings. There's an interesting story out about parallel dimensions from the new scientist and how scientists believe, without referencing the television show, they, they believe they've actually discovered an upside-down parallel reality based on scientific observation of how that reality interacts with our own. It's pretty fascinating. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. The archives on the website, www.thesecretteachings.info. All of our shows, you can donate to subscribe today. $35, you get a free book. It's on the website, thesecretteachings.info. More after break. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, 
or you simply listen to the show five nights a week. It's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. You see, in three dimensions, there's not enough room to put all the laws of physics. But when you go to this larger pond, this pond of hyperspace, then all the laws of physics just fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. By studying quantum mechanics, the rules that govern how atoms and elementary particles behave, quantum mechanics tells us that little particles can be in several places at once. If the particles can be in several places at once, well, I'm made of these particles. I should be able to be in several places at once. There's no guarantee in, in the laws of physics that we humans should be able to see everything that exists. And if we cannot, by definition, there are parallel universes. This is about what a piece of holographic film would look like. Incredibly scrambled, lots of scratchy little things. If you looked at it through a microscope, you would see no pattern, not be able to tell in a million years what this thing was a hologram of. But if you know the rules, you shine light on the hologram and an image forms. A full three-dimensional image. Any good scientist knows that what you call the external world is as much you as your own body. Your skin doesn't separate you from the world. It's a bridge through which the external world flows into you. And you flow into it. So if you went to sleep, you're not aware of darkness when you're asleep. And so if you went into 
sleep into unconsciousness for always and always and always. It wouldn't be at all like going into the dark. It wouldn't be at all like being buried alive. It would be as if, as a matter of fact, you had never existed at all. Not only would you have no future, you would also have no past and no present. The magnifying glass through which we observe the human condition, where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome to a future where our true re reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. This is the future we are in right now. I'm Ryan Gable. And this is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM, five nights a week, Monday through Friday. It seems that the more we peer into the nature of time and reality, our observations thereof, our perceptions, the more that it breaks down, the more that it becomes grainy, pixelated. It becomes less than physical reality. It's like playing with the code for a video game or software where things become glitchy if you try to go outside of the map. Physical observations of nature, especially particle and theoretical physics, is as odd as it is intriguing and simply disturbing in implication and also just simply theoretical. Some suggest that the experience we have known as deja vu, I'm sure many of you have had a deja vu once or twice in your life, some say it's a glitch in the mind. Others say it's a glitch in the matrix. A distortion of memory, a distortion of present experience, the mind slowing down and not processing information. Others suggest deja vu is more like a glitch in reality. It's more like a glitch in time. Maybe it's a frequency of another dimension crossing over into our dimension. Another dimension where there's another us. We're experiencing something that we've experienced before. Or the deja vu is a form of time loop memory. Something we've, we've done before, we've experienced before, or something that we're going to experience. Something that in the future occurred. And then in the past, from the future perspective, which to us would still be the present moment, but to the past as we perceive the past, in the present moment from the future, that deja vu, the idea of retrocausality, the future affecting the past, again for us in the present, this is why we experience this feeling of, hey, I've, I've done this before, I've experienced this before, because it's happening in the future, but the future is also the now, and it's also the past. And the present is the past to the future. So the future affects the past, which to us is the present. Kind of confusing and paradoxical and kind of numbs the mind a little bit. You know, if you have other dimensions, theoretically you have other versions of of ourself. You have other versions of, of, of humans. Uh, you have other entities, other creatures, uh, different laws of physics. 
Maybe in other dimensions, there's an exact replica of everything in our dimension, but things are slightly different. A lot of times scientists will say, maybe that asteroid didn't kill the dinosaurs. Maybe the dinosaurs are still in charge in this other dimension, this other plane of existence. Something changed. Maybe Hitler won the war. Maybe something minor changed. Something major changed. You know, the possibilities go on infinitely. It's like a video game again, like you glitches. You know, when you get too close to something, maybe you glitch in and out of a wall or a rock or a tree or you get stuck somewhere. You walk through something that looks like a solid object. Maybe for a brief moment, something appears and then it disappears. And perhaps the theory of other dimensions and and, and theoretical physics, quantum mechanics, would, and in fact, I, I think does explain the subject of A-ports and D-ports and paranormal investigation where you have objects that simply vanish and then objects that simply appear. Things that are deported and things that are apported. Quantum mechanics, if you think about it, explains those paranormal, those abnormal experiences. Quantum mechanics explains and defines those paranormal situations. And so when physicists and scientists talk about this unifying theory that that connects everything together, maybe a good place to start would be combining not just what is considered acceptable fringe thought within mainline scientific investigation, but also fringe thought, well-controlled, intelligent fringe thought, as it's called, in paranormal investigations. Because a paranormal investigator ultimately is a scientist attempting to understand something through observation. Whether it's astrology, astronomy, chemistry, biology, anatomy, anthropology, sociology, physics, and basic mathematics to history. I mean, everything, if you put it together, you kind of get a unifying theory, a unifying idea, because you have pieces and components of reality and observations of reality, the past, the present, the future, that they exist simultaneously. They're just some's over, some are over there, some's up, some are up there, some are down there. And if you bring them together, there might be a better chance of understanding things rather than just, you know, keeping things isolated and separate as fields of study. But the, the, the point is, other dimensions, theoretical physics, quantum mechanics can explain a lot of paranormal things like, you know, A-ports and D-ports. Then, of course, you have one of the popular theories that our reality is a computer simulation. And this is kind of supported by the idea that in observing nature, the closer and closer you get to nature, to reality, to the physical the world, the, the physical existence, you get closer and closer to seeing the, 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 the particles that make up physical matter. And you know that you know the center... Of, of those particles is, is, is essentially hollow. It's a vast space, meaning that 
the particles that make up our body virtually is hollow. Uh, you know, the wall, it's solid. And it's the vibration that prevents me from putting my hand through it. But if I came into the same vibration as the wall, I could theoretically put my hand right through it. And, you know, maybe maybe there are cases where this has, this has been experimented on. I imagine that there, there have been probably military experiments manipulating time and matter and reality. And you think about something like... Uh, a tornado, a hurricane, and the ability for straw to be put through a tree or a plank of wood, a two-by-four, to be put through a tree. It, it, it's like the fusing of dissimilar, uh, dissimilar materials. You don't necessarily need a lot of strength to do it. It's just the, the, the vibrations that align and then these objects that are dissimilar fuse together like paper and metal or wood in a tree, things that we see, we saw in the rubble of the World Trade Center complex and things that we saw in, you know, various hurricanes in places like Florida. You have things like levitation. Um, people might talk about, if you've read Dr. Judy Wood's book or maybe you've just heard about the, the Hutchison effect and things like levitation and the fusion of dissimilar materials and demolecularization and things like that. I mean, th this is all like it's scientific observation, but it also explains very abnormal, paranormal-like things. You bring the two together, it, it provides us with a better understanding of what's going on. But when you, when you get really close to the fabric of reality, things start to kind of break apart. There's a famous, I think it's pretty famous, most of you have probably heard of this or you've seen a picture of it. A 2009 magazine edition of The New Scientist with a headline, and some of you might remember the cover of this magazine. The headline is, You Are a Hologram, Projected from the Edge of the Universe. It reports on the work of a team of researchers in Germany. I'm going to read you what the magazine says. Listen carefully to this. It's pretty fascinating. This was back in 2009. It was published. For the past seven years, this German setup has been looking for gravitational wa uh, waves, ripples in space-time thrown off by super-dense astronomical objects such as neutron stars and black holes. The project has not detected any gravitational waves so far, but it might inadvertently have made the most important discovery in physics for half a century. For many months, the, 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 the team members of this project, the GEO 600, had been scratching their heads over inexplicable noise that is plaguing their giant detector. Then out of the blue, a researcher approached them with an explanation. In fact, he had even predicted the noise before he knew they were detecting it. According to Craig Hogan, a physicist at the Fermilab Particle Physics Lab in Bateva, Illinois, the GEO 600 has stumbled upon the fundamental limit of space-time, the point where space-time stops behaving like the smooth continuum Einstein described and instead dissolves 
into grains, just like a newspaper photograph dissolves into dots once you zoom in. Think about that. Space-time stops behaving like smooth, smooth continuum, and it dissolves into grains like a photograph. Said it looks like the Geo 600 is being buffeted by the microscopic quantum convulsions of space-time, says the researcher Craig Hogan. In the simplest terms, they're observing which is what science is, observing the universe, looking, in, case of, in, this, in the case of this study, looking for gravitational waves, ripples in space-time. And what they find is the limit of space-time. Little tiny grains, like zooming in on a photograph. There's another publication in the journal Nature, which conveyed the headline, Simulations Back Up the Theory That Universe is a Hologram. And the authors explain that a team of physicists have provided some of the clearest evidence yet that our universe could be just one big projection. In 1997, theoretical physicist Juan Maldicena proposed that an audacious model of the universe in which gravity arises from infinitesimally thin vibrating strings could be reinterpreted in terms of well-established physics. The mathematically intricate world of strings, which exist in nine dimensions of space plus one of time, would be merely a hologram. The real action would play out in a simpler, flatter cosmos where there is no gravity. Another publication from 2015 in physics.org, Is the Universe a Hologram?, quoted scientist Daniel Grumeller, saying, quote, if quantum gravity in a flat space allows for a holographic description by a standard quantum theory, then there must be, uh, must be physical quantities, then there must by physical quantities, which can be calculated in both theories, and the result must agree. When quantum particles are entangled, they cannot be described individually. They form a single quantum object, even if they are located far apart. There is a measure for the amount of entanglement in a quantum system called entropy of entanglement. Together with Arjun Bakji, Rudranel Basu, and Max Riegler, Daniel Grumiller managed to show that his entropy of entanglement takes the same value in flat quantum gravity and in a low-dimension quantum field theory. One of Daniel's team members, Max Riegler, also explained how this calculation affirms our assumption that the holographic principle can also be realized in flat spaces. It is evidence for the validity of this correspondence in our universe. Now, academics are challenging the status quo of the single universe theory by claiming many different universes coexist and that they all affect each other. We've had uh, Professor Howard Wiseman and a Dr. Michael Hall from Griffith University Center for Quantum Dynamics and a Dr. Dirk Andre Deckert from the University of California make claims in the last few years about parallel universes and how they are a reality. They're real, and they influence one another through quantum mechanics. These experts claim quantum theory is a necessity to explain the multiverse idea the concept of the multiverse. But recognize the late Richard Feynman's quote, who once said, 
I think I can safely say that nobody understands quantum mechanics. Mo- a lot of theoretical physicists, they, they don't really understand it. It's just observation, and observation changes the reality of particles and waves and all this. So this team from the university, uh, the Griffith University Center for Quantum Dynamics and uh, another doctor from the University of California developed what they call the Many Interacting Worlds Theory, which provides new perspective on multiple interacting worlds and dimensions. In the well-known Many Worlds interpretation, you have each universe branching into a bunch of other universes, you know, connecting together. Uh, every time a quantum measurement is made, all possibilities are therefore realized. Everything is possible. In some universes, the history is a little bit different. You know, the dinosaurs didn't die from the, the asteroid. Critics question the reality of these other universes since they do not influence our universe at all, or at least that's what we think. Um, the many interacting worlds theory is completely different, though, as the name implies. It means that other worlds are not only interacting, but they are affecting our world. And by extension, our world is affecting those worlds, perhaps with the detonation of of atomic bombs, uh, perhaps with things like the Large Hadron Collider. These things are greatly affecting other worlds. They are impressing upon the fabric of those other dimensions. The interacting worlds theory proposes that our universe is just one of many gigantic worlds, some of which are almost identical to ours, while others are completely and absolutely different. They have their own laws of physics. They add all of the worlds together are, are real, that they you know exist in the same timeline, and that all of them interact through a universal force of repulsion. Or they're essentially bumping into each other, the, you know, the bubble universes. The researchers from these two universities say that, quote, we also believe that in providing a new mental picture of quantum effects, it will be useful in planning experiments to test and exploit quantum phenomena. Now, many of you have probably seen the show Stranger Things. It's such a pop culture icon. Most people have seen Stranger Things or you know about Stranger Things. Well, Stranger Things has quite a bit of, let's call, reality embedded and written into the story and the theme. Obviously, the Montauk Project, MKUltra, Camp Hero, the usage of children for experimentation into psychic phenomena, remote viewing, these were all very core elements to the creation of the television show Stranger Things, which was initially going to be called Montauk because it was going to be about the Montauk Project in uh, New York. But they changed the name to Stranger Things and moved it to Hawkins, this fictional town, Hawkins. But it focused on this fictional Department of Energy laboratory. And I thought it was interesting that in the TV show, they didn't portray the government officials really as, as as evil or sinister, malicious, you know, or the conspiring. What they were doing was they were trying to use remote viewing to spy on the Russians, spy on the, the Soviets during the Cold War. 
And through this remote viewing, through peering, peering through time and space and seeing things from a distance, you know, particles and quantum mechanics can exist in multiple places at once. We're made of particles. We, we can exist in multiple places at once. You know, in paranormal terms, they call this biolocation. But maybe in terms of remote viewing, uh, biolocation is more a, a, a multi-location of multiple you know, locations where the consciousness can exist. So you're projecting that consciousness. Or in other terms, you're channeling something from somewhere else. So remote viewing was, was the reason in which through the Department of Energy in, the, in this you know, fictional government lab in the TV show, they heard something through the remote viewing process. They heard the monster. And, and the remote viewing looking across time and space to the other side of the world from this laboratory, they opened a portal to another world, which allowed the the demigorgon and the monsters to come into our world and for that reality to affect our world. In the third season of Stranger Things, this was really kind of, uh, you know, weird and very interesting, kind of like the... uh, the robotic dogs in the new season of the X-Files and in the Metalhead episode of Black Mirror. And then those robotic dogs are actually real. They've been developed by Boston Dynamics and others, you know, through DARPA. Obviously, that information was, was given to the writers of those television shows. They had access to that information. Well, I imagine the, the producers and the writers of Stranger Things had access or they were told about an experiment that was taking place at Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which, of course, was one of the national laboratories involved in the Manhattan Project. In 2019, just last year, scientists at that national laboratory in eastern Tennessee, Oak Ridge, it was reported they tried to open, in a sense, a portal to a parallel universe. The, the project was meant to determine if there was a world identical to ours where life was mirrored. Leigh Brassard, the physicist leading the experiment, told NBC News that the plan is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a wacky plan and that it, you know, it'll totally change the game, our, our perceptions of reality. And in order to experiment to determine if there were multiple worlds what they did was they fired a beam of subatomic particles down a 50-foot tunnel the beam passed through a powerful magnet and hit an impenetrable wall with a neutron detector behind it and this is what they did in the third season of stranger things the the portal was reopened by the scientists using a very similar image of of some kind of particle beam shot at a wall with incredible energy that kind of ripped open the fabric of space-time and then this portal reopened to the upside-down world. So Broussard's team, the physicist at Oak Ridge, they fire this subatomic particle beam down a 50-foot tunnel and the beam passed through a powerful magnet and then it hits this wall with a neutron detector behind it. And they determined that this was the experiment that they that they theorized that if the if the uh, 
experiment is successful, the particles will transform into mirror images of themselves, allowing them to move through the impenetrable wall. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do that. They would hit the wall and remain there. But they theorized that if there was another dimension, the, the particles would turn into mirror images. They would reverse. They would turn upside down, if you will. And then they would appear on the other side of the wall. And that would prove that the visible universe is only half of what is what is um, existence, what is reality, according to Le Broussard. Um, but she also admitted that uh, she expects the test to measure you know, zero. They don't think they're actually going to find anything. Now, in reality, if, if, and, and we never really heard, by the way, <laughs> any result of that experiment. But if a mirror world does exist, it would have its own laws of physics, or what might be termed mirror physics, and it would have its own history, its own mirror history. And things would be upside down. Things would be different. Things would be maybe even reversed. I, I think that was even a, kind of a joke in Rick and Morty. One of the dimensions they go into, everything moves backwards as opposed to forwards. But what is backwards? What is forwards? We know that in three dimensions, but in terms of time, time is nonlinear. The future affects the past. Retrocausality, the past affects the future, which to the past and the future in the present the past is the past, but the past is also looking forward to the future, which is the present for those of us who observe it. And the future might be the future for us, and the past, the past for us. But to those in the future, if time is nonlinear, then the Mobius strip comes around and the future can affect the past, which is also the present. I mean, we could just go on and on and on about this. It gets kind of, you know, incredibly confusing. And a lot of it's just purely theoretical, but scientists now are saying they've actually found this upside-down world. Scientists in Antarctica believe they've might, they might have found evidence of this parallel world where things move backwards. I'll tell you about that after break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. www.thesecretteachings.info is the website. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. And Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings is the social media page. More of The Secret Teachings after break. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere right here on The Fringe FM. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, 
or you simply listen to the show five nights a week. It's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. Do you enjoy The Secret Teachings? You now have an opportunity to help inform others while supporting the program by purchasing our newly available T-shirts for men, women, or whatever else you identify as, even a purple penguin. Whether you spark conversation with the Secret Teachings t-shirt or you want to decorate your safe space with an awesome poster, we have what you want at thesecretteachings.info. For any questions, contact Ryan Gable by email at rdgable at yahoo.com. Alex X. Hi, I'm Alex Exum. And you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. We told you weeknights on the Fringe FM are now even better. And we mean it. Do it live! Where else can you hear the best shows and the best talent? Kick off your evening with our newest host, Alex Exum, live at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern. Hang out with me, Joe Roop, on Lighting the Void at 9 Pacific, Midnight Eastern. Ryan Gable expands your mind on the secret teachings at Midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. We're bringing the heat every single night. Fire it up. The Fringe FM. Hello, this is James McCanny, and I would like to influence you to listen to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. It's a show that brings you a tremendous amount of variety with insight uh, with a lot of great guests. And uh, visit my webpage, jmccsci.com. appreciate your support. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it. You see, in three dimensions, there's not enough room to put all the laws of physics. But when you go to this larger pond, this pond of hyperspace, then all the laws of physics just fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. By studying quantum mechanics, the rules that govern how atoms and elementary particles behave, quantum mechanics tells us that little particles can be in several places at once. If the particles can be in several places at once, well, I'm made of these particles. I should be able to be in several places at once. There's no guarantee in, in the laws of physics that we humans should be able to see everything that exists. 
And if we cannot, by definition, there are parallel universes. This is about what a piece of holographic film would look like. Incredibly scrambled, lots of scratchy little things. If you looked at it through a microscope, you would see no pattern, not be able to tell in a million years what this thing was a hologram of. But if you know the rules, you shine light on the hologram and an image forms, a full three-dimensional image. Any good scientist knows that what you call the external world is as much you as your own body. Your skin doesn't separate you from the world, it's a bridge through which the external world flows into you and you flow into it. So if you went to sleep, you're not aware of darkness when you're asleep. And so if you went into sleep, into unconsciousness, for always and always and always, it wouldn't be at all like going into the dark. It wouldn't be at all like being buried alive. It would be as if, as a matter of fact, you had never existed at all. Not only would you have no future, you would also have no past and no present. The magnifying glass through which we observe the human condition, where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome to a future where our true re reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. This is the future we are in right now. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM, five nights a week, Monday through Friday, tonight. The problems of unexplainable experiences, those of the paranormal variety, may be understood through the theoretical study of quantum mechanics, that particles exist in various states depending upon the observer, depending upon the observation, that they can exist in multiple places at once, and perhaps this would explain if we merged quantum mechanics and theoretical physics with the paranormal and paranormal investigations, things like A-ports and D-ports where things that are material seem to vanish, disappear, be deported, they're gone. And other times things seem to appear out of nowhere. Wouldn't it be funny if one day we discover that quantum mechanics and theoretical physics can explain what happens to those socks in the dryer, what happens to that other pair of underwear, those things that, those garments that just seem to disappear. Maybe they are deported to another dimension. Maybe the static in the dryer, kind of like 88 miles an hour and back to the future, maybe it sends the sock to another dimension. And maybe there's a dimension somewhere where someone is doing laundry and the problem in their world is not so much the D port, it's the A port. They put 10 socks in the dryer and they get 11 socks out of the dryer. Maybe that in, in, in a parallel world, maybe 
they don't lose socks and underwear. Maybe they gain socks and underwear because our socks and underwear are going and moving into this this other dimension. I'd like to see a talk on theoretical physics where they they address that uh, that that idea, that thought. But I I think if you take quantum mechanics, if you take theoretical physics, which is already fringe enough, and you factor in paranormal experiences. And you look at how paranormal investigators investigate those experiences. They do it, most of them, the real ones, do it through the scientific method for the most part. And you have just as many scientists in mainline science that, you know, they're doing things that aren't really scientific, you know. They're altering results to align with predetermined conclusions. That's not science. That's quackery. A real scientist alters their theory to match the conclusion. If they can repeat the conclusion over and over again, then they have a, a fact, something solid, something you can, you can bite into. Well, if you could do this with paranormal investigation and experience, then, then basically you're, you're using the scientific method to explain both things that we can see, taste, touch, smell, and hear, the five senses and the three-dimensional, and then you can peer as theoretical physicists believe they can do with formulas and you know mathematical equations and, uh, and observations of nature they can peer into other dimensions and and then you you would have an explanation for perhaps why objects appear and disappear a ports and d ports you'd have an explanation maybe for why people hear you know voices or they feel energies or they they have experiences in certain places that otherwise are unexplainable. I mean, throughout history, when people would conduct invocations for certain types of spirits, you go to places like graveyards and churches because of the energy there. Throughout history where, let's say, some of the darker forms of magical practice have been conducted, it's done in the same location. And it's done in the same location time after time again, over and over again, because ultimately those rituals break down the energy and impress upon that location, that feeling, that energy, that when you go there, and it doesn't have to be dark, but when you go there, you go to a, a, a graveyard, you go to some place where someone was murdered or a bunch of people were murdered, you, you can get that feeling that something's just uncomfortable. You know, not everybody's tuned into it, but there's an energy there. When you go to a, a former battlefield and feel that energy, when you go to a graveyard, you can feel that energy. When you go to someone's house, maybe you don't really get along with them very well. You can feel an uncomfortableness. When someone walks in the room who's kind of you know, rude and uptight, you can feel the energy to that. Well, a lot of people would say that's kind of new age and paranormal, but it's, it's not. It's, it's very much just a part of our reality. It's not abnormal at all, you know, I, relatively speaking, that is. Science understands that. It's the scientist 
who dismisses it. Science is the tool, the lens by which we can understand what is that energetic feeling. Because for the most part, all, all, all the ancient cultures, the, the, the wisest men and the wisest women, those that, that understood the, the, the concepts of sympathetic and natural magic, they applied that understanding to the natural world, to the real world. So this is something that's it's not confined to history. It's not new in the present. And it's one of the reasons why mechanical, if you will, f- physical, three-dimensional scientific observation is explaining understandings that are older than recorded time, like the concept of as above, so below. How is it possible that a thousand years ago, you know, barring ancient alien theories, ancient alien theorists believe, barring that, how was it possible that thousands of years ago the scientists were able to determine that the universe was very much like that of an atom or that an atom was very much like that of a universe? Because if we looked at it in terms of, you know, time, past, present, future, the future would be the universe, the big stuff. The past would be the molecules and the particles, the small stuff. And the present would be what we can physically see in three dimensions, what we can perceive through our five senses. And if we see in the five sense three-dimensional reality how things work, we just apply that understanding to as above, so below. What is above us is also like that which is below us. What is in the future is also like that which is in the present. But from our present state, what is in the future, as opposed to what is in the past, is like what we look at if we were standing in the middle and we look to the left, we look to the right. What's in the future, what's in the past on this linear timeline. But time, at least theoretically, is not linear. So what happens in the past affects the future, which is the present, but also the perception of a future that is one second away, one second away, one sec- but we can never get there because the future is now, and the past is now, and it's all working together on this non-linear timeline. So the macrocosm is like that of the microcosm, and in between the two, the magician pulls the macro and the micro together to understand the nature of reality, as above so below. The future, the macrocosm, and the past, the microcosm, in a sense, pull them together in the present, and we can use our understanding of present knowledge from what we perceive as the past to understand and even predict the future, because even though it's considered a historical statement, a historical um, adage, it's very relevant to physics and to quantum mechanics, and that is history repeats itself. And history does repeat itself over and over and over again. And history repeats itself not in the past or the future, but in the present. It repeats itself because there's a pattern. There's a, 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 you know, it's a Mobius strip, a Mobius dick, if you will. We're searching for an understanding that unifies all this stuff together. Well, you know, the, the, the unified theory that brings all of quantum mechanics and all of science together in, in, in harmony and in marriage, but maybe that already exists. It's just 
unifying what we have into an understanding. So like we combine paranormal investigation with quantum mechanics and that helps us to understand those things that otherwise are, you know, just woohoo wacky and out there. But science can help us to understand them because those that investigate paranormal experiences are using the scientific method. You see what I mean? It's all it's all interconnected from past to present to future. From microcosm to the 3D five sense world to the macrocosm as above, so below, so below as above. But then when you turn it upside down, what is below becomes above, what is above becomes below. But we're still in the middle as things revolve around us as if we are the singularity. And the event horizon is just outside of our conscious perception of that reality. And we all experience reality in a different way. You know, some of us experience time slowly. Some of us experience time quickly. Some of us experience time more mildly when we disconnect from things. I imagine all of us have experienced time in a different way, fast, slow, all relative. But time is not strictly relative, it's, it's also nonlinear. That means the past can affect the future, retrocausality, as opposed to past events affecting future events, but all occurring in the present moment. And, and we've talked about the significance of major world events in this way and how things like the assassination of Julius Caesar and the Ides of March is an indicator of what is going to occur from from the past to the future, which is the present, but from the present to the future, which is our perception of what's happening next on this nonlinear timeline. And what happens in the future affects what happens in the past, again, retrocausality. But the assassination of Julius Caesar, the Ides of March, we can kind of predict every year the Ides of March will be game-changing. It will be life-changing every single year. Something occurs. The Ides of March, Beltane, May Day, Samhain, Halloween. The ancients and more modern theories on, 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 on the patterns of nature, um, observations of nature, you know, Wiccanism, paganism, if you want to call it that, the, the religion of the country people. You know, over the years, hundreds, thousands of years, people have devised uh, an understanding of the rotation of, of, of reality from the electrons around the nucleus of an atom to the planets around a star to the even larger macrocosm of the, of the solar system, the galaxy around a supermassive black hole. Same concept, and you can derive it theoretically, but you can, you can derive it from observation of what we see in the present, what we see in the physical 3D, 5-sense world. And so... The wheel of the year, as it's known, divides the year up into eight significant points. You have the solstices, and you have the equinoxes, and you have the midpoints between them. And it all relates anthropomorphically to the rise and fall of the king, the rise and fall of the lion, the lion king, the rise and fall of the sun that is born and then becomes a man and becomes strong on Letha and then starts to die, and then is dead on Yule, the winter solstice, as opposed to Leith, the summer solstice, and then you have the resurrection on Ostara, Easter, and then you have Maybon that takes us into the end of the year where things begin to die, and the, the passageway between the physical and spiritual opens up. And these are things that we can predict every year are going to happen. They're going to be um, uh, impressions made throughout history and, and through the patterns of nature through the, 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 the revolving of the planets and, and the whirling dervishes, as they call them, the mimicking of that by, 
by the, the people that would dress up and dance and, and, and twirl and whirl as the planets. All of these things, it's kind of like, you know, an, an algorithm in the computer simulation. And, and, and future events can be mapped out from past events. It's like what you text on your phone. Eventually your phone understands what you're doing. And you don't need a crystal ball to determine that or even a supercomputer. The concept of as above, so below continues to be confirmed through all of man's scientific advances decade after decade after decade. But science, as a field of study, goes just a little bit further. Academics are challenging the status quo of the single universe theory. They believe now, some scientists, that there are multiple worlds all interacting at once. For some of you, this is not new stuff, but this is becoming more and more mainstream. In 2019, at Oak Ridge National Laboratory, some of you might know that from the Manhattan Project, they were conducting a study in 2019 to determine if there are other parallel worlds, if there's an upside-down world where they shot a beam of subatomic particles down a 50-foot tunnel through a powerful magnet. It struck an impenetrable wall with a neutron detector, and they said that if they could determine that there were particles in mere images of themselves on the other side that they had moved into and out of another dimension, and that's what allowed them to move through the wall, as far as my understanding goes. Now scientists have carried out an experiment in Antarctica going back to 2016. The publication The New Scientist ran a headline earlier this month of April 2020 saying that we may have spotted a parallel universe going backwards in time. So it's parallel in contrast to ours. Strange particles observed by an experiment in Antarctica could be evidence of an alternative reality where everything is upside down. Peter Gorham and his colleagues used a giant balloon carrying a collection of antennas floating high above the ice in Antarctica, scanning over a million square kilometers of the frozen landscape for evidence of high-energy particles arriving from space. When the experiment returned to the ground after its first flight, it had nothing to show wasn't really successful, kind of a failure. But there was something else that happened, the, the odd flash of background noise. It was the same story after the second flight more than a year later. When they sent the balloon in the sky for the third time, the researchers decided to go over the past data again, particularly those signals dismissed as noise, just junk, right? And it was a good thing that they did, because when they examined it more carefully, one signal seemed to be the signature of a high-energy particle. But it wasn't exactly what they were looking for. What they found, it seemed kind of you know, impossible that, that what they were observing was real. Rather than coming down from above, the particle was exploding out of the ground. I think we mentioned this on a, on a show like a year ago. Um, but this is a new publication where they're talking about the, 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 the results of this data. They're saying that uh, in known physics, there are all kinds of suggestions put forward to account for this kind of perplexing signal. And all of them have been ruled out, this high-energy particle coming up as opposed to down. And so explaining the signal requires the existence of a, of a different kind of universe. It requires the explanation of a topsy-turvy universe created kind of like a Big Bang, existing in a parallel fashion. In other words, the New Scientist says, this is the publication, 
In this mirror world, positive is negative, left is right, and time runs backwards. It's different than ours. It, it runs parallel, but backwards. Maybe the backward running of time is the loop, and it comes around from their future, which is our perception of the past, and vice versa, their future, which is our past, links up, and the parallel universes are actually one, revolving around some other central thing that we don't understand yet, kind of like a Mobius strip, all connected, never-ending. It's pretty fascinating. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info thesecretteachings.info or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Do you enjoy The Secret Teachings? You now have an opportunity to help inform others while supporting the program 
by purchasing our newly available t-shirts for men, women, or whatever else you identify as, even a purple penguin. Whether you spark conversation with the Secret Teachings t-shirt or you want to decorate your safe space with an awesome poster, we have what you want at thesecretteachings.info. For any questions, contact Ryan Gable by email at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Paranormal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fringe FM. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Hey, guys, it's Giorgio Tsoukalos from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it. You see, in three dimensions, there's not enough room to put all the laws of physics. But when you go to this larger pond, this pond of hyperspace, then all the laws of physics just fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. By studying quantum mechanics, the rules that govern how atoms and elementary particles behave, quantum mechanics tells us that little particles can be in several places at once. If the particles can be in several places at once, well, I'm made of these particles. I should be able to be in several places at once. There's no guarantee in, in the laws of physics that we humans should be able to see everything that exists. And if we cannot, by definition, there are parallel universes. This is about what a piece of holographic film would look like. Incredibly scrambled, lots of scratchy little things. If you looked at it through a microscope, you would see no pattern, not be able to tell in a million years what this thing was a hologram of. But if you know the rule, you shine light on the hologram and an image forms. A full three-dimensional image. Any good scientist knows that what you call the external world is as much you as your own body. Your skin doesn't separate you from the world, it's a bridge through which the external world flows into you, and you flow into it. So if you went to sleep, you're not aware of darkness when you're asleep, and so if you went into sleep, into unconsciousness for always and always and always. It wouldn't be at all like going into the dark. It wouldn't be at all like being buried alive. It would be as if, as a matter of fact, you had never existed at all. Not only would you have no future, you would also have no past and no present. The magnifying glass through which we observe the human condition, where happiness is an illusion. Here where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome to a future where our true re reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. This is the future we are in right now. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. Tonight, the subatomic and the atomic, the micro and the macro, the as above, so below, and the so below, as above, come together and unite from the future to the past to the present moment. 
quantum mechanics and theoretical physics may explain the reality that we live in. But with an unstable and ever-changing foundation, changing by observation, and with particles existing in two places at once, suggesting that the most advanced scientific observation and investigation is actually explaining the most fringe of abnormal events, those of the paranormal variety, like A-ports and D-ports. It seems the closer you get to reality, the more it looks pixelated and scratchy like a photograph, like pixels. This may be the limit of space-time. The scientists at Oak Ridge National Laboratory, one of the labs instrumental in the Manhattan Project, have determined that parallel worlds may exist in a form of the upside down. Scientists in Antarctica have determined that there may be parallel dimensions, but not just parallel dimensions, parallel dimensions in, where, in which where time moves backwards rather than forwards. That's what scientists are saying from Antarctica from an experiment back in 2016. And it's really fascinating if you think about time in a nonlinear fashion. A Mobius strip, things going Around and around, there is no beginning, there is no end. A headline from the New Scientist, the magazine, the publication says, We may have spotted a parallel universe going backwards in time. Peter Gorham and his colleagues used a giant balloon carrying a collection of antennas floating high above the ice. They scanned over a million square kilometers of the frozen landscape for evidence of high-energy particles arriving from space. When the experiment returned to the ground after its first flight, they didn't have any evidence or proof of anything, except for an odd flash of background noise, which they didn't expect. It was the same story after the second flight more than a year later. Little background noise, didn't really expect it, but just thought it was nothing significant, kind of like that junk DNA. So they send the balloon up for the third time. The researchers decided to go over the data again, especially those signals that they dismissed as junk. They dismissed as just noise. It was a good thing they did because when they examined that data, one signal seemed to be the signature of a high-energy particle, but that particle was not coming down from above. It seemed impossible that the particle was coming up. It was exploding out of the ground. Now, this finding was made in 2016, received very little attention. I remember an article from Live Science. But this is a new report, and this really fascinated and intrigued me. And it made me think about time and how time is nonlinear and how the impressions of the past affect the future, which is the present, but also the future, if time is nonlinear, can affect the past and what we call retrocausality. The scientists determined that the signal, the high-energy particle coming from below rather than from above, as above, so below, very relevant here, I would say, that there's only one way to really describe this. It is basically backward causation. That there's a universe created in the same time as ours, existing in parallel 
relationship with ours. And it's a world that is an upside down, like Alice in Wonderland. It's a world where positive is negative, where left is right, and most importantly, where time moves backwards. Now, think about a Mobius strip. Think about a Mobius strip. Some of you may have seen a Mobius strip before. I like to play on words, so I think, you know, Mobius strip, you know, Moby Dick, the great white whale, searching for that great white mystical, mythical creature. And in in terms of theoretical physics and quantum mechanics, uh, you know, this idea of a unifying theory to bring everything together, I think could maybe we could get a little bit closer to that if we brought together paranormal investigation with quantum investigation, because I think they are interconnected in a lot of ways. In other words, bringing together various fields of study and investigation, and obviously you'd have to remove the financial incentive from this and do it for the passion and the love of just learning and understanding. But if you brought this together, we might have a better understanding of of the world that we live in and the worlds that we live parallel to and perhaps parallel in, which is why we have deja vu, because we're experiencing things in a nonlinear fashion, and there is a backwards causality. So if you look at a Mobius strip, a Mobius strip is is a band, it's a loop spelled in different ways. It's a surface with only one side and one boundary. It has the mathematical property of being unorientable. It can be realized as a ruled surface. It all moves with one side, one boundary. So I think of a Mobius strip, I kind of think of a timeline. And I kind of think of the concept of as above, so below, and the unifying of those two concepts and that of alchemy and and magical operation. And I think about if scientists have even theorized on parallel dimensions where time moves backwards. I mean, I think that was even in an episode of Rick and Morty, right? Time moves backwards in this other world. So let's suppose you kind of have to draw this out, you know, unless you have a, and I don't, so I have to draw it out, uh, unless you have a very, you know, theoretical mind. But let's say you have time where you have these two universes. So you draw kind of like a circle or an oval, and then you draw a line through it here. I'm doing this in real time, so I'm trying to get this as accurate as possible. This is how my brain works. So you draw a, draw a, a, an oval, a circle, and you put a line through it. And the bottom or top, it doesn't really matter, but let's say the bottom part of this line is is our reality. This bottom line is our reality. And where the line splits the circle or the oval in half, that's where you have the past. And then you have the future toward the other end of where that line splits, kind of like a U, and that's the, you know, that's the future. And we experience all of that in the present. Well, in this parallel world, things are reversed. So things are moving rather than forward, things are moving by our perception backwards. But I guess in their world, they might be finding those high-energy particles that are coming. Well, I guess if it was backwards, they, they wouldn't 
be going opposite to something coming up and something coming down. I guess something would be going up as opposed to going down, but down and up would be two different things. It's, it's really confusing. But anyway, in, in our reality, you have the past, the present, the future. Everything is moving in this parallel fashion. But if time is not linear, then consider it's kind of like a white hole and a black hole where a black hole explodes into, into a white hole, and then that's kind of like a big bang. I, I used to think that um, in school, that, uh, and, and it turns out that was actually one of the kind of more fringe at the time theoretical concepts of of uh, of space that there are these these black holes and they absorb everything including light and then when they condense everything to a singularity it explodes out into a new universe right so you have a black hole and then you have a white hole well it's kind of like this this mobius strip or this this form of circular nonlinear time in that if we draw this circle and a line through it, you have past, present, and future. I'm drawing this on the bottom of the circle. The present is in the middle, the future is where the curve goes up, and the past is where the curve comes down. But in the alternate reality to us, as these scientists are suggesting that there is a mirror world where positive is negative, left is right, and time runs backwards, well, just the concept and the perception of time, because this could get really, really confusing really, really quickly if it's not already. But just in terms of uh, an alternate reality where time moves backwards, well, you could perceive from our perception, from our perception of reality, that their future is really their past, and their past is really their future. And their present moment is perhaps similar, except they're looking forward to the past, which is the opposite, which is their future, and they're looking back on their past, which is really their future. They're looking back on their future, which is really their past. And so when this whole thing links up and comes around, our past we experience from the present our future from the present. And we even experience and we view this other reality from the present moment. And they may view us from the present moment if there are you know, parallel beings that exist in this world where time runs backwards. Well, maybe the time that runs backwards there feeds into our reality. So as they move towards a future, we perceive it as a past because it's moving backwards. And like a black hole condensing material... It explodes into a white hole. So their future, which we perceive as a past, moving backwards, condenses everything into this singularity. And where the line crosses through our circle, boom, bang, here comes their future, which creates our past. And then we experience it in a linear fashion, in a sense, through our present into what we perceive as our future. And our future then becomes their past. And their time then starts ticking backwards to their present. They experience their past, which is really the future. And they experience their future, which is really the past. And then that intersects with our past. In other words... Their future becomes our past. 
and our past becomes our present, our future, which becomes their past. And so it creates this, this time loop and this alternate reality. And perhaps this would explain not that there are humans or you know creatures that are experiencing a completely different re- re- reality, per se, but if time is running backwards and parallel on top of our own, then we are them and they are us. And therefore, deja vu is what we experience because time is nonlinear. So we think we've experienced it before, although it hasn't happened because of backwards causality in this alternate reality, which is parallel and yet sitting on top of our own reality. The scientists in Antarctica are saying that the only way to really explain this, explain this, this odd signal that they've, they've detected is the existence of a, of a topsy-turvy universe created in, in a Big Bang, similar to our own, existing parallel with it. And they say it's a mirror world where positive is negative, left is right, and time runs backwards. And perhaps the time that runs backwards there feeds into our timeline, which then, if you mirrored it, it would only be through our perception that their time ran backwards. To them, their time may, time may run forwards. To us, it runs backwards and vice versa. To us, there may be a Ryan Gable on radio in this other world talking backwards, if you will, where rather than the show almost being over, the show's about to start. But that is their perception of reality but it's really our perception of reality, so we have the experiences sometimes when these two, these two realities interact. We have that deja vu, and it's all one big process, one big experience. And the closer and closer you look at this uh, reality, you know, with quantum mechanics and theoretical physics, the more the things begin to break down and become pixelated and become scratchy suggesting that maybe this is the limit of our of our ability to peer into the unknown whether it's a microcosm or it's a it's a macrocosm so you have scientists at oak ridge trying to break into parallel worlds through experiments and you have scientists in in, in antarctica who aren't trying to do anything except pick up uh, uh they're they're trying to um and they they accidentally uh, come across these particles that are, in, in essence, moving backwards. They're they're coming upwards instead of down, but in the other world, up is down, down is up. So it's still relevant and relative to this other dimension. Kind of like this study in Germany back in 2009, which was published in New Scientist, where this team of researchers was trying to investigate gravitational waves, and what they came across was the fundamental limit of space-time, the point where time stops behaving like the smooth continuum that Einstein described, and, and instead it dissolves into grains. It becomes really grainy. So we're looking for this unifying factor that, that brings everything together. And it's kind of like, you know, that mythical creature a mythical, uh, you know, whale, that mythical white whale. And so I, I just was thinking Mobius strip and, you know, the Mobius dick. 
and I'm thinking about this parallel dimension, this parallel world of time moves backwards, and I just start thinking maybe it's linked to our time, explaining deja vu and unifying the past, the present, and the future, and the future, the present, and the past in this other world, which is really reversed, and to, to them, time moves backwards. To them, our past is our future, and our future is our past, because it's all interconnected in this Mobius-like strip, or this, you know, draw a circle and a line through it, and the top of that circle is the alternate reality where the past, the present, and the future moves opposite. It starts with the future, then the present, and it ends up in the past. So you go from future to present to past, which our past then activates and becomes our present, which becomes our future, and so on and so forth. And it's this cycle. It's the cycle of, uh, of existence, of life, of nature, of, of things coming into and out of reality. So I feel that if we were able to unify things like physics and quantum mechanics and, and theoretical, you know, theoretical physics, and we unified that with paranormal-like investigations, it would explain a lot of those paranormal experiences. They're not abnormal and, and fringe per se. They're only fringe because they're not investigated by the mainstream. But if the mainstream would investigate those things, they'd probably find pretty simple explanations for, you know, the, the, the you know, ghosts and uh, energy fields and the feelings that people get when they're at certain locations where people die or where there was a war, a, you know, a battle was fought. All of it is, is relevant and all of it is relative. And if we accept that there's more than the physical world, which is what mainline scientists have, have begun to do, and we accept that whether or not through the typical standard conventional orthodox scientific method, whether we realize it or not, when we theorize and philosophize and, and think and consider the possibilities of what, what, what are essentially endless— uh, in terms of what reality is and what the nature of reality is, we find that we come to a very similar conclusion. And we base our conclusion, we base our understanding and our philosophy or our scientific observation, which even mythology is scientific observation, attempting to understand why things happen. We apply attributes to them and we anthropomorphize things, but it's, it's very much scientific explanation. Uh, that's why, you know, carbon... Nitrogen, oxygen, and hydrogen, those are the scientific terms, have evolved from, you know, gnomes and earth, salamanders and fire, slifts and air, and, or uh, naiads and, and water, the four elements. Carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, hydrogen, earth, Fire, air, water. It's the same understanding. Science, mythology, even, you know, theology, all of it, unifying all of it, helps us to understand the nature of reality better. But there's that idea, though, the more you peer into reality, especially in attempts to control it and not merely understand it, the more that things become kind of funky and kind of weird, and, you know, things break down into a grainy, 
digitized, pixelated picture. And it suggests, as a lot of um, writers, authors, scientists, and just theorizers and philosophers think and, and, and start, are starting to believe that reality is much more like a mechanical computer simulation than it is this solid three-dimensional physical world that, that we perceive it to be. And maybe the three-dimensional world that we live in is kind of like a video game or a computer simulation of some higher dimensional plane of existence where things maybe are more, or rather less, solidified. You know, we think of solidity as, as the end-all, but less solidity. Spirit is ultimately, you know, something that can't be contained or confined, essentially. That is where we are heading. And if we sink lower and lower into material, we become more entrenched in this heavy, weightful, physical existence where suffering and death are the only things. The more and more we sink into it, the only things that we experience. And as we become more conscious and more aware, we experience the bad things, but we also experience good things and pleasures that help us to understand the purposes of life or the singular purpose of life and therefore helps us to evolve to a higher state of consciousness and being so that we don't try to stay in the physical world forever, but we try to escape it, not through technological means, but through spiritual means so that we are comfortable when the day comes that we die. We're not scared of it. So people talk about things like, you know, living forever with machines, and they talk about ascension and going to fourth dimensional planes of all that is, I think, just a gross misunderstanding, whether it's scientific or it's new age, a gross misunderstanding of you know, the, 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 the fundamental reason for existence, to grow and to experience and to have these, these perceptions of, 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 and, and these experiences of reality from past, present, and future, all existing once at one time, singularly, just like the individuals are part of some larger collective, not necessarily a hive mind, but the free, sovereign mind of, of what people call God. And it's all based on fractal patterns emanating from a centralized source, a singularity in the scientific term, or God in the theological term. And I think this unifies together all the various fields of study into a more, more coherent and understandable perception of the world and allows us to really grasp the purpose of life and the meaning to, to all of this. Those are just some of my thoughts. I don't know, what do you think? rdgable at yahoo.com. Email me rdgable at yahoo.com. rdgable at yahoo.com. If you enjoy this show, don't forget to catch it five nights a week right here on The Fringe FM. Same time each night, Monday through Friday. And then after the show, an older episode of The Secret Teachings will air right here on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to access our archive, it supports The Secret Teachings, you and The Fringe FM to subscribe on the website at thesecretteachings.info. It's $35. You get a one-year subscription. You can download and stream every single show after it airs. The show will be posted within 24 hours. 
and you also get a free copy of one of my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy of the Technological Elixir. It's all on the website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Email me at rdgable at yahoo.com, and check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, or my personal account, Ryan, R-Y-A-N, Gable, G-A-B-L-E. Stay tuned to the Fringe FM. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, Check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. You see, in three dimensions, there's not enough room to put all the laws of physics. But when you go to this larger pond, this pond of hyperspace, then all the laws of physics just fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. By studying quantum mechanics, the rules that govern how atoms and elementary particles behave, quantum mechanics tells us that little particles can be in several places at once. If the particles can be in several places at once, well, I'm made of these particles. I should be able to be in several places at once. There's no guarantee in, in the laws of physics that we humans should be able to see everything that exists. And if we cannot, by definition, there are parallel universes. This is about what a piece of holographic film would look like. Incredibly scrambled, lots of scratchy little things. If you looked at it through a microscope, you would see no pattern, not be able to tell in a million years what this thing was a hologram of. But if you know the rules, you shine light on the hologram and an image forms. A full three-dimensional image. Any good scientist knows that what you call the external world is as much you as your own body. Your skin doesn't separate you from the world, it's a bridge through which the external world flows into you, and you flow into it. So if you went to sleep, you're not aware of darkness when you're asleep, and so if you went into sleep, into unconsciousness for always and always and always. It wouldn't be at all like going into the dark. It wouldn't be at all like being buried alive. It would be as if, as a matter of fact, you had never existed at all. Not only would you have no future, you would also have no past and no present. The magnifying glass through which we observe the human condition, or happiness, 
is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. I remind her that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome to a future where our true re reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. This is the future we are in right now.